This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. Welcome to our mailbag show for the week, everybody. Thank you for joining me. And this is the show for you where I get to go through all of your emails and voicemails. But don't forget, next week, as it's all over, already a premium live event week, formerly known as pay-per-view weeks, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan are already back next week to answer your emails. So any emails you send me, including those of you through Patreon who, who can just message me directly through the internal messaging system, you don't have to email me separately, all of those are going to be read by Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, a, a very well-liked duo, and I'm looking forward to being able to, uh, to to co-host that, so to speak, next week as I will conduct the voicemails and they will do the uh, emails. So it's going to be a lot of fun next week. Looking forward to it. So get those in to us and uh, you, you guys know where to find us. You guys know where to go ad free Patreon and of course, Apple podcasts. So without any further ado, let's jump into the Patreon emails. So we've got one starting off from you guessed it, Randy, Randy, the patron. And he writes in, he says, Hey man, or Hey Matt, Randy, the patron here. I was watching the Alexa interviews. I guess they are. And I have to say, seems like she's going to be a version of Bray Wyatt where she's a normal, she's normal, like the goddess or a better version until you get her mad. What do you think? I do like what they're doing. Just can't wait for her to wrestle again. Well, that's been the whole thing with this dark Alexa character. 98% of the time, she's doing some backstage segment, whether it's in a dark room, playing playing with Lily, uh, on a playground, now in a therapist's office. You'd imagine that she would get into the ring. I I don't know if, honestly, over these last year and a half that this dark character has been in existence, if there's been some underlying injuries that we're not aware of. Or if they actually just decided consciously to make her a backstage entertainment-y type of character that doesn't wrestle. But this is getting insane. Yeah, Alexa Bliss is, she's an all-in type of person. I respect that in her. Even Even when fans started getting really sick of her character and didn't know where it was going. And now she seems to be back in mostly the same character. But it's just, it's amazing that they just decide with Alexa's talent and the thin roster as it is that they just have to have now Alexa bliss forever in backstage segments and not in the ring. So I I do believe she'll get back in the ring, but do I think that this version of her is actually a little bit like Damian priest where don't get him mad or he'll snap kind of the same thing here, but Alexa's already been like that. There's that's not really different. Remember when she used to transform and she would, turn off the lights and she'd become invincible after that. It's the same thing, I guess. I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but I just want her back in the ring. I want her in a program. She's, she's been doing too much soap opera and not enough substance. So, okay. Wanted to know your take on the whole story of Shane getting fired. You think they're, 
uh, they're planning this or is this legit? I think it's legitimate. I don't I don't foresee this being a a work. I think this is real. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know what the the payoff would be for this being not real. They didn't bring it to the forefront on television at all. This wasn't even hinted at at all. They're concealing it on screen on uh, TV, which tells you that they don't want to bring this into the limelight at all. I don't I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a part of a story that they're going to bring in. No, no, there, there's this to me, um, I, I think, is the fact that here's what I think. And again, this is really difficult because we know only this much of and when I say this much, I'm making my fingers, my index finger, and my thumb really close together. We know this much. And there is this much. Imagine me stretching my arms out. And there's this much behind the scenes that we don't know. But from the little that we do and can gather from credible news sites and rumors that have been swirling forever, Shane just doesn't seem to take to the current business well. He doesn't seem to fit in with the current business model, the way that Vince runs the business. I don't think Shane would run it the same way. He has never really wanted to adopt inherit the family business. And you've seen that throughout the years where he kind of comes and goes and comes and goes. And I don't believe that when Vince passes, he'll pass it on to his son. His son seems to have no real interest or he has interest, but not in the way that Vince wants to run it. And until Vince is dead, I don't think we they can. He could run it the way he wants to. So long story short, I just I don't think it's a work and I don't think we'll see Shane anytime soon. I don't think he's gone forever, but not anytime soon within the next year or so. Probably no Shane. Um, you know, now maybe he is, he's still got a strong personal relationship with his father, but business, when it comes to business with Shane, there's something that doesn't jive. They are oil and water for whatever reason. And again, this is this much of this much that we know as I'm miming to myself here. All right. Uh, seriously, Goldberg, do you think they will one actually sign him again and two make him beat Roman laughing as I say that? Yeah, I want to laugh. I really do because it is a bit insane that Goldberg would beat Roman Reigns and become the champion. But I am scared. I want to laugh, but my instincts say, don't do it. Don't do it. Goldberg could win. I don't think he's the odds-on favorite, but Vince loves him some Goldberg for whatever reason. And the fans, I also hold responsible for this. Because the fans continue to cheer for Goldberg when he comes out. They need to start rejecting this man. What are we supposed to cheer about Goldberg? What is so enticing? Because he can make scary faces and do a couple of punches and kicks during his entrance and do like two wrestling moves in his match? And he kind of looks like Stone Cold. Is that it? Is that what we're supposed to be impressed with? Again, the man, Goldberg, great family man, great person from everything I've heard. I'm separating the man, the human being, from the, the character. The character is uh, just beyond one-dimensional. He can't cut a good promo. And that's never been his thing. We're not. I'm not saying he needs to, but he can't. That's, that's a, a knock against what a polished pro wrestler should be. And, and he's extremely limited in the ring. He's one-dimensional. And all he's got is intensity. That's it. And a couple of catchphrases. You're next. All right, bro, you've been you've been saying this for 25 years. Can we move on? Is it time? I, I don't understand that. You no, know, as, as much as we blame Vince for this, 
the fans are just as guilty. Because every time I hear the, the Goldberg music, what does everyone do? Like good little, uh, you know, good little boys and girls. Goldberg and everyone cheers. <clears throat> it's as much a fault of Vince bringing him back time after time as it is the fans. Because the fans do drive him coming back. If they started booing him, uh, they would do one of two things. Either decide, hey, Goldberg, this ain't working out. You know, look, you've had your fun you've, since 2016 returning. Can we, you know, it's time to kind of go away our separate ways. Or they would turn him heel. And if he was heel, I'd be more accepting. I mean, I could go on Goldberg for a while. But don't laugh, Randy. Don't laugh. Uh, this could be, a, I, I'd say there's a <clears throat> there's a real possibility. I wouldn't say it's a, a, a he's a favorite. But there's a, a, an argument to be made for, for uh, Goldberg winning. So I'll, I'll laugh along with you once he loses. Okay, uh, that's it for this week. Kind of short. Sorry, I figured I'd give your voice a break. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> to all, and P.S. To all the new uh, the hosts, new and old, glad to hear you. You compliment Matt well. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm very appreciative of all the co-hosts here that give me a break and kind of switch things up. You guys don't you don't need to hear my voice, which apparently a lot of you fall asleep to anyway. Thanks, Randy. All right. We are back to, let's see here. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? We are going to Dennis, Dennis M. And he says uh, that about the elimination cha- women's elimination chamber, I'm having a hard time with watching it a day after on Hulu and getting all the uh, members of the match. I know you mentioned two women in the elimination chamber match. Are there more that qualified that maybe I didn't see? I, I didn't see anything either, Dennis. I didn't see a thing. Uh, I, I really didn't, you know, um, I'm going to Google this on air. Let's see. Let's see. So you guys got to bear with me here because <laughs> Dennis, you're ahead of me. You're ahead of me, brother. I, I didn't even know there were two that qualified. So uh, hold on. I'm going to type it in women's elimination chamber match 2022. And let's see what it says. Um, so it turns out all the women will be getting into. Okay. So here's, What's going? Who has been announced for the chamber? Here's who has been announced. We actually have an announcement. First, I guess breaking news: we have five out of the six already announced for the chamber. You ready? Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Dewdrop, Nikki Ash, and then mystery number six. So there's a sixth mystery wrestler. For the women's side of the chamber, we don't know who that person is. So, again, Rhea, Bianca, Liv, Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., and Anonymous number six. There you go. Thank you, Dennis, for bringing that to my attention. I haven't really thought about the women's division that much, at least uh, in terms of the chamber. Um, you know, so thank you for uh, thank you for that. All right, let's continue on with your message, Dennis. I hated the Miz part TV part of Raw. I heard fans booing him, so that's that. As much as I think Seth needed and can win a WWE championship, I think WWE wants Brock to win and f- to face Roman on a champion versus champion match at WrestleMania. Not this upcoming Friday, but the Friday before Elimination Chamber. Okay, so you have another thought here. I, I think that's where they're going to with championship versus championship. They, they brought that up over a month ago now where Brock said that's what he wanted out of nowhere for whatever reason. He's suddenly interested in title versus title. Why? I don't know why. Why shouldn't he just be focused on grabbing the championship from Roman? 
instead of having to have, having to have his own. It doesn't make sense. Why? What, like to me, it's just a. It, it's just management's way of trying to make the match as big as it can be, but also at the expense of of not being able to allow other stars to compete for the WWE championship and have their own separate story. I think that they will make, they'll make a big mistake of having championship versus championship title versus title because again, I know that this is probably built for Roman reigns to win. And I think he should win at WrestleMania, even though Brock hasn't gotten a win over Roman since he returned. But to me, uh, that's not worth sacrificing the, 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 the value of that WWE championship and its own story at WrestleMania instead of essentially throwing all of, all of your eggs in one basket by having the two top belts in a single match with two guys that we've seen main event WrestleMania three times now. Main event Saudi events, Wrestle, uh, SummerSlams. We've seen it. I mean, yeah, it, it's still it's still always put on a good match and they seem like different characters now. All right, let's move on. You're going to get me going, Dennis. Um, Okay. So not this upcoming Friday, but the Friday before Elimination Chamber, I think with the IC title on the line, Sammy wins, but with some outside interference. Take care. I'll talk with you next week. Dennis, look, yes. <laughs> Hook or crook, Sammy Zane, I think, will win and should win, which is a shame to say, given how talented Shinsuke is, how traveled he is as a performer, all of his work in Japan. Uh, the, the, the semi big impact he had on, in WWE when he main evented WrestleMania with AJ Styles, the low blow, the infamous low blow, low blow at WrestleMania, winning the Royal Rumble that year, all of that, you know, that that's about it. And ever since then, he has been the forgotten son of WWE. I mean, just completely sidelined, uh, a talent like Shinsuke is, it, it's almost amazing, you know, and it, he'll be looked back. We'll be looking, looking back at this when he's gone from WWE whenever that may be, and we'll be saying, wow, why didn't they do more with Shinsuke? Why? And, and you know, that, that'll that be a conversation we'll have to have that at that point, at that time. But the IC title should go to Sammy. It should go to Sammy because Sammy is a, a credible uh, performer. He has the mic skills, which I think is uh, something that Shinsuke doesn't have, clearly. But it also would put the Intercontinental Championship back into the minds of fans that have gone, oh, oh my God, that's right. They have an icy belt. It's so disrespectful. They did this with the Women's Championship, but this is even, this is even worse. The, the Intercontinental Championship is the longest-running championship in professional wrestling. There is no championship, including the WWE Championship, that has a longer history than the IC belt. More history, more lineage. Um, all the way back to what was uh who, who was the first Intercontinental Champion? Pat Patterson, Buddy Rogers was the, was the first WWE Champion. So, yeah, this is a it's a sh- it's really a a crime on many levels. But Sami Zayn should rectify that once he becomes champion, and I think it will be some hook, crook, or cheating to win. And that's I don't I don't care how he wins. I don't even care if Sonya Deville comes out and says, "Yeah, we're not going to have a match here. I'm just going to strip uh, Shinsuke of the championship and give it to Sami with no match." I would say fine. <laughs> That's how much I wanted off Shinsuke because they're clearly not doing anything with Shinsuke. And I'm not knocking him. I'm knocking creative and management for not even considering this championship for like six months. It's a, it's unbelievable. You would imagine that with all the championship matches running around every single week on Raw and SmackDown, 
that they at least let the Intercontinental Championship have a week of a spotlight. It's almost it's it's almost impossible. But thanks, Dennis. You're getting me all you're getting me fired up, man, in a good way. All right. Next patron is let's see here. Is Smashy. Ah, good old Smashy. He writes in. And he says, so there's about a week and a half till the Elimination Chamber premium live event. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited for Becky versus Lita, although I'm torn with who I want to win, but I'm sure Becky will. With this match, I'm torn because Becky is my favorite women's wrestler from the last five years or so, while Lita is probably my favorite women's wrestler of all time. I'm sure Becky wins, which means uh, Becky beats someone she idolized and is also a legend and Hall of Famer. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I wasn't overly fussed with the most recent SmackDown. Thankfully, okay, well, yeah, yeah the the Becky Lita thing, I think is going to be a good match, but you there's almost there's almost no chance Lita wins. No, almost none. I, I'd give it like a ninety eight percent chance that Becky Lynch retains. So, okay, let's see here. So, okay, we have the next uh, piece here. I wasn't overly fussed with the most recent SmackDown. Thankfully. For me, I record all episodes of Raw and SmackDown because this most recent SmackDown, I pretty much fast-forwarded after the opening segment with Roman, the Usos, and Paul Heyman. And I still prefer Roman with Heyman. Roman versus Goldberg should be interesting, but there's no way Goldberg beats Roman. And Matt, as for the crowd cheering Goldberg, I believe they were chanting Oldberg on SmackDown. I hope they were chanting Oldberg. The problem is the people at home and maybe even in the arena if you're in person and you're WWE listening, how do you know that it's difficult to decipher, you know, 10,000 people chanting Oldberg or Goldberg, that difference of a letter, it's not easily discernible. So I hope they were chanting Oldberg. I do. But um, as I mentioned earlier, you may not want to laugh about Goldberg beating Roman. I'd say there's more of a chance of that happening than most people think. So until that happens... And, and Roman retains. I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch there. I hope Brock doesn't win at the Elimination Chamber, but he probably will. I'd rather either Lashley retain or Seth wins, and then Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania is for the Universal title only. Yep. I just made that whole case about why Brock shouldn't, uh, WWE rather, shouldn't put all their eggs in one basket and forsake the entire raw end of things where somebody could be competing for the WWE championship and we have it just lumped in with Roman versus Brock. It doesn't need anything more. We don't need another championship. It's not going to, it's not going to add anything else. In fact, I'd say it's the law of diminishing returns that's applied here. As for Ronda Rousey, I admit back in her UFC days, I was a big fan of hers, but not during any of her time with WWE. I didn't like how basically she came in, had a mixed tag match at WrestleMania, then a few months later, after not being in the ring since WrestleMania, came became champion at SummerSlam that year. I thought that was BS, or to steal Kanye's word, trash. Ronda is very sloppy in the ring, and in her previous run, was hurting other women on the roster. I kind of hope she loses to Charlotte at WrestleMania, has a, has a cry, and goes home. I wouldn't count on it, Smashy. I, I, would, I really wouldn't. There is a strong possibility, in fact, I think a likely possibility that Charlotte drops the belt to Ronda at WrestleMania. I mean, Ronda just returned. She won the Rumble. Most Rumble winners uh, win the championship at WrestleMania. And you're going to have Ronda Rousey, the biggest women's female star in all of sports, 
come back and lose to Charlotte? I don't think so. I think she's going to capture the belt at WrestleMania. So your your dreams there may be smashed. No pun intended. And yeah, she did hurt people in her previous run. A lot of the women were not happy about that for good reason. And uh, yeah, she she when you say sloppy, she just has a different style. They're trying to mix her mixed martial arts with wrestling, and, and a lot of times that doesn't work. And uh, yeah, I mean, sloppy is one way to put it. Unique is another. I'm trying to put a spin on it that's not so uh, negative. But yeah, I, I understand that perception. Definitely. Uh, okay. On to something positive now. Over the last couple of months, I've really been enjoying Seth freaking Rollins. His laugh does actually make me laugh in a good way because I love it. And at the moment, in my opinion, when he's on Raw, I feel most entertained. Oh, and speaking of being entertained, and another person who I'm enjoying lately is Chad Gable. Especially when he says, shoosh. I, and I notice he always has to mention about his master's degree and how he got a 4.0 with the GPA. Then goes a thank you. Yes, you know, I'm glad you brought up Chad Gable. I haven't really gotten into his character very much outside of completely dismantling the 20-minute pretend game show that they did on the open of a Monday Night Raw on the road to WrestleMania, which was absolutely, to me, it, it, was, it was bad. However, however, the Chad Gable point is a good point. He is... More entertaining than I really realize, and I'm glad you're bringing it to light because the guy can talk. I I am start the the whole GPA and and uh, master's degree thing is starting to grow on me. I agree. He they are overachieving. They're a team that I really love. You know, you would we all imagine that Otis would have been the star of that team. It's Chad Gable. Chad Gable is the star of that team, one hundred percent. 100%. And Seth Rollins' laugh, I mean, I still find it annoying. I, 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 it still makes me cringe. He has to force that laugh in. He reminds me a lot of Sasha Banks with that. Um, so there's that. But uh, I, I don't, everyone's saying shoosh. I, I, I don't know. That I didn't even realize was a thing, but I do now. All right. Biggie on SmackDown. I'm sure I heard Pat McAfee say that Biggie is officially now a SmackDown superstar recently, which means he's fully back with the New Day, which would explain why he's there with Kofi while Woods is out with injury. But, well, how did that happen? Why wouldn't that be a major announcement? He was just WWE champion. Is he not a big star? Are we supposed to just ignore this? So, if, oh, fine. If he's a SmackDown star now, that's I don't I don't care. But explain how that happened. Did Raw get a trade? Was the was there just a, a did Biggie go rogue and you know management was just like yeah fine let him stay here like how did this happen this is the kind of stuff that's just totally ridiculous you're gonna get me all riled up smashy i'll I'll pause but it's just it's insulting as a fan and it's lazy on creative's part so uh, is it me or does montez ford look like r kelly when he had his shades on it would explain why he sings sometimes during his promos. Well, that's it for week this me this week. I'll catch you next time. Thanks, Smashy. Uh, I never think about that. Now, R. Kelly is not somebody I often think about, if ever. But Montez Ford, does he look like him? Well, now I'm going to have to Google it. And uh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of does, brother. He does. So, all right, Smashy. Thank you. And let's move on. And uh, let's get to, aha, good old Miller. And Miller, you guys know where he's from, beautiful South Africa. He said, it's been quite a while. Last month was has been an absolute roller coaster. But listening to all the shows and mailbags, and thanks to you, all the hosts and mailbag participants, 
to keep me up to date and in touch. Well, you're welcome. Firstly, with the Drew storyline and with Corbin and Madcap, they should just do one more match with Drew versus Corbin. And an interesting fact, nobody's kicked out of Corbin's end of days. I think they should bring that up and it could make their rivalry very interesting. Have Drew and Corbin have the match and get Corbin to hit Drew with end of days and have Corbin kick or I I think you misspoke a Miller. I'll rephrase it for you. Have Corbin hit Drew with end of days and then have Drew kick out. They should have made that the match and the moment pop. So you're right. And I didn't know you were right, but having the end of days be the uh, the, making that point. I I don't know how you found that out, Miller. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember anybody kicking out of end of days. I don't think it's ever happened, but I can't confirm it. I'm just going to take that at face value. That's a big deal. It shouldn't be because finisher should be exactly that a finisher. It finishes the match, but 95% of the time, People kick out of finishers. You expect it now, which is a shame. So having that be a point they bring up, absolutely a great point to bring up. And I don't know where you heard this information, but it should be central to the storyline that nobody's ever kicked out of end of days and that Drew can be the first one to do it. It's a great way to formulate a match that uh, formulate that around something new because we've already seen this match a few times now in several iterations with uh, Madcap and so forth. Okay, so I just finished listening to the Elimination Chamber preview and prediction show for 2020. Insane. At that stage, COVID, lockdowns, empty PC arena, Thunderdome was not even a thought. It was interesting to hear all the predictions for WrestleMania after the Elimination Chamber and how much of a curveball was thrown at everyone. Do you think any of your predictions and thoughts further as storyline plans were affected due to COVID and how would you and listeners have thought things would have transpired if it never happened? Whoa, that's a loaded question, Miller. So, I mean, I, I really would have to go back and listen to the entire show. Uh, to be totally honest with you, I didn't re-listen to my show before I posted it because I've already done it. I wouldn't, you know, I, I often don't listen to my own shows. But I will say this: with WrestleMania in 2020 being the quietest WrestleMania of all time, and hopefully the mo- the quietest in history ever, uh, we'll never have to deal with that again. Is that Edge and Randy Orton would have been a much better match. Um, and Edge still would have won, but I still believe that it should. You know, here's the thing. I don't think anything would have necessarily changed from an outcome perspective at the pay-per-view because WWE didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last. And who knew that it was going to last eight, you know, 15 months that they were going to be out of um, out of fans in person type of scenario. They, they didn't come back to that until WrestleMania last year. So who knew it was going to be that long? So I, I think they just went, went forward with their current plans and then said, you know, um, we'll, we'll see where things lie after that, but we're not going to modify what, where we want to go. So as far as the outcome goes, I think everything, nothing would have changed if COVID did or didn't exist. However, obviously the match itself, the matches themselves, especially Orton and Edge, really got robbed um, because of how long they went backstage and it was quiet and it was first edge match Edge had back and there's so much emotion going into it. So I think the match quality suffered. And maybe you would have had also a few special appearances by Austin or Rock or whoever 
that wouldn't and shouldn't have taken place in an empty arena. So th- th- that probably would have been affected, as well as all the cinematic stories and matches that we had. Uh, the, all, all the cinematic stuff that I was not a fan of at all. A lot of you guys loved it. I hated every almost every single one of them. And uh, I think that obviously would have been different. But I don't think the outcomes of those matches, at least at WrestleMania, would have been any different. Once they realized we're in this for the long haul, I mean, we could do a whole analysis on the what ifs of if COVID never happened, what would have been different? Maybe that's the what if this week. That's a hell of a a thought. All right, moving on. Um, So you say, for example, Roman pulled out of WrestleMania 2020 and Rollins Strowman took his place against Goldberg. Would we have had this amazing heel run of Roman now? And what would Strowman's story have been otherwise? So, yeah, see here, here, here's where beyond WrestleMania is where things would have changed, right? Like Roman did get pulled out. The outcome even though Roman wasn't a part of it was still such that, you know, um, it was going to have Goldberg drop the belt. So that's why I'm saying the outcomes weren't going to be different. Goldberg was dropping the belt, no matter who was in the ring and Braun Strowman, which we never got an explanation of how that happened. Still um, was the replacement for Roman. Now, if COVID haven't ha- hadn't happened, I think the biggest thing out of this, you're right. Maybe the Roman Reigns heel didn't happen. Maybe this run that we're seeing now doesn't exist because it allowed Roman time to come home, recharge, be with his family. And then when he was ready to come back at SummerSlam, he was able to not only prepare and recharge his batteries and really, really have time to think this through, but he was doing it in front of nobody, which allowed him to concentrate on building his character and not be distracted by chance or, or, or maybe getting the response, the opposite response he was going for. It really allowed time to build this heel character in front of nobody. And then when he gets in front of people, he's so confident in the character that he can't be shaken. So you're right. I think that is the number one positive outcome of COVID is the Roman Reigns heel turn. I don't know if it would have happened otherwise. Or at least if it did in some iteration, it wouldn't have been as good as this one. So good, good stuff, Miller. But let me say at least something about present day. Lita. Oh, my word, Lita. My favorite female wrestler of all time. As a youngster, my biggest crush ever. Yeah, <laughs> kind of with you. She, she was up there for me, too. Uh, I, and obviously, she's now older and not like the old days. But PG, it's PG era, right? She is still beautiful. There you go. Uh, and still so good on the mic. And people still love her, which they should. And her still being able to pull... Uh, both of the moonsault and the famous reversible, oh, revealable thong brought back memories of good old extreme Lita. Remember when she came in with S.A. Rios, by the way? S.A. Rios, I believe, is the first time I saw her when she was with her with S.A. Rios. And she did a Hurricane Rana off the off the apron onto somebody outside the ring. And I'll never forget that. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Women can wrestle? It was almost unheard of because they were just viewed as sex objects, glorified sex objects. Uh, especially with the teenage audience, raging hormones at you know the age of uh, fourteen to to, to eighteen, uh, it's the demo that they hit, and um, I mean we were just pouring cash, or our parents were, depending on if you had a job or not, pouring cash into the company, and it just it all fit. Um, I remember one sign that had uh, Lita in a pita, and somebody made Lita. Even Lita said that she remembers the sign, and I do too. It was on Sunday Night Heat or something. Somebody put Lita inside of a pita as a sign. And it was like a movable sign. It was, it was, I'll never forget that weird things. I remember. Okay. I love Becky and very, uh, and very predictable 
that she will definitely win, but I think it's going to be an awesome match between Becky and Lita. Agreed. Another thought, with WrestleMania being a two-day show, Brock suggesting a title versus title match and Brock being in the Elimination Chamber and probably the favorite to win. If he wins and challenges Reigns, I feel this will eliminate so many storylines. The winner of the Rumble has one direct path of challenging a champion. But that always leaves the side route and story going for the other champion, which if title versus title happens is gone. One night of WrestleMania won't have a a big title match then. You're you're absolutely right, and that's a great way of looking at the argument against title versus title happening is, do you have that alternate path? You, You always have that alternate path for both the men and the women now of you don't have to win the Rumble to get the main event of WrestleMania. You can still take that alternate path, and if Brock does win the championship at Elimination Chamber, they're really just suffocating the other talent. They are, I think, doing a disservice by, you're right, taking that other route out. And everything is just everything is just building to Roman versus Brock. You're absolutely right. I don't like that. I really don't. I don't care if it's title versus title. That that doesn't that that's not enough of a sell to me to take away another storyline that could be great that has nothing to do with Brock and it's about the WWE championship and it's Seth and it's you know Bobby, all that. So I hope they're not that short-sighted. I really do. Because they're all about building for the future. So why are we building around Brock Lesnar? Okay. And things, and um, like things are going with the IC title, one of the most prestigious titles in WWE, it makes me worry about WrestleMania. Anyway, Matt, thank you. Uh, or rather, you said, I set extremely high expectations of the beautiful South Africa. I think you work extremely hard and put so much incredible effort into this podcast. You deserve a great long break. So consider South Africa. You won't be disappointed in this incredible country. Believe that. And that's the bottom line because Miller said so. Stay Stay safe, everyone. Pandemic is soon going to become a thing of the past. Restrictions are becoming much lighter here and conditions are so much better. Hope it's the same for you as well. Let's get past this and get to a point where Matt releases an episode from the pandemic era where we all say, oh, yeah, glad those times are over. Cheers, buddy, from all over the globe. Uh. Yeah, so um, thank you so much. And uh, I, you have another message here. I, let's see here. Uh, oh, it's, I, I don't think this is for the the uh, the whole uh, the mailbag. So I'll respond to that separately. But um, yeah, so I, I'm really uh, thank thank you for those words. And you know, <laughs> eventually, I will release pandemic episodes. For 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 many people, we're still quote unquote in the pandemic. I guess it depends if you're in what state you're in. If I'm in New York, obviously, and here the mask mandate, at least for businesses, <clears throat> excuse me, is being lifted tomorrow, February 10th, meaning businesses no longer have to mandate that you wear a mask. Now, businesses on their own could decide it, but school, kids are still wearing masks in school, um, it, on, on planes, on trains, any public transportation, it's still required here. So, I mean... Good old New York, but yeah, I have my own thoughts on uh, New York politics, but I'll leave them aside. And um, it, again, it depends. I mean, if you're in Florida, you're in Texas, <clears throat> you're in a, a more red state, things are a little loosened up a little more and have been been that way for a long time. But generally speaking, across the globe, things seem to be quieting down. I agree. And I'm glad to hear that in South Africa as well. And uh, maybe at some point I will get down there. We can only hope. So uh, thanks so much, buddy. All right, moving on. Let's get to, let's see here. I want to make sure I am getting the name right. Uh, okay, let's, uh, so this is from Wiftat. That's right, Wiftat. 
And he says, hope everyone is keeping well. Life has been moving too fast lately, but it's starting to slow down. I finally caught up with podcasts. Well, good to hear. Can't wait to see Lita again. I was baggy pants wearing uh, Grebo in the 2000s. It's making me want to invite the boys around for a game of 40 hands just as the pay-per-view starts. Good times. (laughs) I forgot about 40 hands. I got so many stories about 40 hands. Yeah, I mean, I'm 37. Well, we'll be, I'll be 37 next week. Um, so I'm still, I'm still 36 hanging on. But yeah, boy, I remember my nights with 40 hands. And if nobody, look, most people probably know what 40 hands is. It's Edward 40 hands. What you do is you take two 40-ounce drinks of your choice, usually choosing a beer, and you ductate them to your hands. And now, again, you, you maybe you play this differently, but this is how I played it. And you, uh, you, you're doing it with several people, and you, you, you can sit and drink as much as you know, as much as you want, or as fast as you want. But the rule is that you can't get rid of your beers in your hands until both are gone, and the loser usually has to do like three, you know, two or three shots or something. So there's an incentive to get it down as quickly as possible. And if you go to the bathroom, you need to be watched. But it's also challenging to go to the bathroom because you have two hands that are duct taped with 40 ounce bottles. It's very challenging. So usually it's, um, it, it usually doesn't happen unless you get very, very, very creative and uh, you're comfortable with yourself. I'll just say that. And, and maybe somebody who's assisting you. So yeah, man, so many, uh, games of 40. I didn't think I'd be talking about 40 hands on this show. Uh, but, uh, boy, so many stories. I agree. So many stories from my previous life before, wife and family and kids okay moving on back to uh present day with the cyclone that is, are the minds of wwe creative it's hard to predict what's going to happen on a run-up to wrestlemania so i'll spin a yarn on what's going to happen and say charlotte versus rowdy ronda rousey will stay as is brock versus reigns will be a triple threat with drew for both titles of roman pinning brock protecting drew for him to be one of the one to beat Roman later in the year, RK bro versus Seth and KO for the tag team titles priest versus Austin theory for the United States championship with theory winning and some sort of triple threat with Belair Ripley and Lynch Usos versus new day probably as a filler. <laughs> I like this lineup. You know, most people believe it's going to be uh, when, when you say RK bro versus KO and Seth, uh, yeah, most people believe it's going to be Randy versus Riddle. So that may be the one I only disagree with. And uh, the rest of it, I, I have no problem with. I really don't. I think that's a nice WrestleMania lineup. Um, you, you continue and say that Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. Maybe they might drag it out longer than WrestleMania. It's possible, yeah. I think that'll do for now. I'd like to give a shout out to the WWE Podcast team and the listeners, and especially the dudes in the Discord chat where is Veer Mahan or Mahan? Veer Mahan. Who knows? <laughs> People are obsessed with Veer Mahan. I love this. It's like this ongoing thing. I mean, I'm going to start a poll. I, I should start a poll. Oh, Lord. All right. So I think you have a, a little bit more here. I think both titles will be on the line at WrestleMania. Uh, the brand split has gone this year. Why not just merge it? I've noticed whenever anyone is talking about a title by its name and not the brand, they uh, it used to be the SmackDown Universal Championship. Now it's just the Universal Championship. 
And same with the WWE Championship, which I hope they rename to the World Heavyweight Championship again. Yeah, well, thanks, Wift Hat. Uh, thanks for the memories of 40 hands <laughs> and uh, your your comments about our show. Thank you. So I, I didn't really notice about the SmackDown Universal Championship. I'm glad that they just kept Universal Championship. I, I don't want I don't want the brand to define the championship. The brand is just the location the championship is 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 on. It's it doesn't it shouldn't have a naming uh, weight at all on the championship because the championship doesn't care where it is. It just cares who's holding it. So to me, I'm glad they dropped that. Um, and the World Heavyweight Championship just sounds cooler, doesn't it? I agree. But um, so, yeah, I, I don't want the brand split gone, though. I really don't. I think there's a lot of benefit in the brand split with with talent. And I think talent get more time than if they didn't have a brand split because it would be just several storylines running through two shows. And you're, you're, you would be alienating a lot of talent. So, all right, buddy. Thank you. So, moving on. Boy, a lot of patrons this uh, this uh, round. So, Alex, let's see what you got to say this week. So, you say, what's up? Alex, the French guy here. I wanted to point out something. I'm not a fan of what is supposed to happen at WrestleMania, champion versus champion. I mean, what's what's the use? The main event, Reigns versus Lesnar, is already enough. And the problem with it is that it's completely demolished all the rest of the card. It's hard enough to be interested in other feuds at the moment, given storylines that are not interesting. WWE title should stay on somebody else so that at WrestleMania, we're not just looking for the main event in the male division. Some interesting storylines could be built with AJ, Seth, and Riddle. But if you build all the hype for just one match, it might as well fire. They might as well fire half the roster and compete with 10 full-timers and five part-timers. Another point. I hope so much that Reigns demolishes Goldberg. There's no other way. If Goldberg wins, we riot. Hope you enjoy the rest of the week signing out. So, yeah, if, if Goldberg wins, we riot is true. I really want to hear the reaction of fans if Goldberg beats uh, Roman Reigns. It's it's going to be disastrous. That's all I got to say about that. And it should be. I hope the fans would never cheer that and they would boo the holy hell out of Goldberg. It's amazing that Goldberg still gets cheered. I mentioned that earlier in the show. Alex, you, you made my point already. Uh, or I made that point already, and you are building upon that very nicely by saying that it would essentially be a one-match card for the, the men. And yeah, you can have individual storylines, and you have those mid-card championships on the line, United States Championship, the Continental Championship. If they remember, they have the nice the IC belt that still exists. It just, you're right. It would be so top-heavy and unnecessary. Absolutely unnecessary. So totally agree. Alex, thank you so much. All right, let's get to the uh, next patron here. And guys, this is actually going to be <laughs> the final message or the final email for part one of the show. I don't like doing this in two parts. And actually, I didn't know I was going to do this in two parts until um, my my night has fallen apart. And due to the magic of editing, uh, the, the, about three hours have passed in my time since I started the recording till now, uh, actually three and a half, four hours which means uh, if, if I don't get to sleep after this, I will not sleep at all tonight. That's how late it is right now where I am. So um, again, with the magic of editing, that doesn't matter to you, nor do you notice. However, um, this is going to be split into two parts. So this will be my final uh, my final email that I answer with the patrons here. I will start, I promise you, I will start the second part of this show 
with DJ Kuzmo. I know that he's waiting. He's waited a while. We've also got uh, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan who has a voicemail for us. The voicemails will be coming in part two as well as the email from uh, from DJ. So DJ, I promise you will be the first one that I start off with in part two of the mailbag. Um, and I do apologize. I really don't want to do this in two parts. Just I, I, It's not something I want to do. But it's not a good night for uh, the kids sleeping. Okay, so any parent out there, there's got to be somebody out there that that can sympathize with me. So somebody out there uh, who's just uh, has young children as well, and they don't sleep well. So um, all right, enough of my woes that y'all don't care about. Let's just talk wrestling, right? All right. Uh, so Tommy Smith, Tommy Smith, you'll be my final email for part one. You say, hope all is well with you and your family. Thanks. Same to you. First of all, I really enjoyed watching the Rumble and chatting with everyone in Discord. It was a lot of fun, except for having to admit that Mr. Kaz, a wrestling fan, picked the winner of every match right. Or at least that's what he's telling us. I'm too lazy to go back and verify it. Yeah, he did, I believe. At first, I hated the result of Seth Roman match. But then as the night went on, I think it was perfect and set things up for the future. If anything, they made me dislike Roman even more, which I think I was there which I think was their intent. My question for you is, do you think this is the start of a babyface turn for Seth? I feel like I read this last week. I don't know. It was sent on February 2nd, so it was sent exactly a week ago. So it's very possible that he read this. But I'll give you a second a second crack at it, uh, Tommy. Um, maybe it's just uh, deja vu. So at first I hated Okay, so first of all, yeah. Do I think it's a babyface turn for Seth? In the moment, yes. I think I would have said if this was already answered by me that the, the follow-up would be key. And the follow-up to me does not indicate that Seth is turning babyface. In fact, quite the contrary. So I don't know why Seth didn't sell the chair shots more, by the way, on Raw. He just kind of walked out and, and showed a little bit of grimace. But if he got beaten that bad with a steel chair, where's the selling? I mean, that, that's an industry-wide problem. But to me, Seth is not turning babyface. I do expect him and Roman to go at it again. But... Clearly, it's not going to be an elimination chamber like we thought. It seems as if Goldberg's taking that spot. So, with all that said, no. Uh, okay, I didn't like Ronda winning the Women's Rumble. Like you pointed out in your review show, they have two spots for WrestleMania. I think they could have easily put Ronda in there without her having to win the Rumble. They missed an opportunity to restore some credibility to Shayna Baszler. They have booked her terribly over the past year. And this is an opportunity to have her go back to being where she was last year. Maybe they will push her later but i am curious to think what will they do with her in the future thanks as always for the great show looking forward to your comments so again tommy i really feel like i answered this already (laughs) so you're getting a a double dipping of my response Uh, and uh, i'll just say i don't i don't have a whole lot of faith of what they're going to do with shana baszler i i mean i just don't they have shown me nothing consistent that would make me believe they're going to do anything big with her she's kind of comes in spurts and she just disappears into the wilderness she you know, just catapults maybe into the the, the the main event and then goes back into nothing. You know, it's just way too inconsistent for me to have any faith that they're going to do anything long-term and sustained with her. So that's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the Ronda Rousey win, they did it for pure publicity. The winner of the Rumble gets more attention than does the other person that takes option in door two of just taking a traditional path of challenging uh, attacking a champion tournament style whatever it's the pomp and circumstance it's the perception of the rumble winner even though the person who's taking the alternate path gets the same exact opportunity of, of challenging at wrestlemania for their respective uh top championship in their in their in their brand so 
That's all it is. That's the reason why they did it is for simple publicity. And again, the perception that the Rumble winner gets more than somebody who takes another path. And that's just not true. So, Tommy, thanks for the question. I believe I answered it again, but whatever, fine. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Everybody, uh, it is past midnight where I'm at, and I got to be up in just a few hours. So I will pick up with Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, who has got an email he took last week off. So I'm going to leave you with a cliffhanger. Uh, Part two will be released tomorrow on Thursday. And uh, I just wanted to get part one out there and not I didn't want to wait too long to, to give you anything, so uh, I will make this part one. Again, I apologize for part one and part two. I know you guys don't like it. I don't like it either, but that's what the universe is forcing us to do here. So I'm going to make do with what we have. So thank you, everybody, and come back for part two tomorrow for the mailbag with more emails and the wonderful voicemails. we got a lot of really cool voicemails coming up, including one from Mr. Kaiser Wrestling Fan that uh, we will start off with tomorrow. So everybody, thanks so much for listening as always. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.